as most of you know, if you've been watching my show in the past, you know that I'm not a very big fan of central bank digital currencies for obvious reasons. But just in case you need the um, the it's spelled out for you, I've got an article that I'm going to read that I'm assuming is going to be doing just that. It's by Brandon Smith over at Alt Market Alt Dash Market US is the actual URL. But before I get to that, I wanted to uh, just throw out my my two cents when it comes to central bank digital currencies, and this isn't going to be a very popular thing for me to say because I think that many of us are, are I don't like to use the word scared, but I am a little bit scared of this concept. The unpopular thing that I'm going to say is I don't know if we can stop it. Now, before anybody turns off, <laughs> we're going to continue to fight no matter what. Even if they get rolled out in full force, we're still going to be fighting. We're still going to be trying to build alternative economies, maybe microeconomies within local areas. We're still going to be trying to encourage and help people to not participate in this Orwellian form of, of currency. Central bank digital currencies represent, in my humble opinion, an existential threat. And I think that the momentum that we have seen, the, the push is so hard, so so massive right now that there's not much we can do about it. Now, again, I don't want to sound doom and gloom and say, oh, well, just throw up your hands and give up. You know, we, we, we can't fight this. No, we're going to continue to fight this for two reasons. Number one, we are not in control, and neither are they, to be clear. Okay? God is still in control. And those of us who do believe that, that God is able to do whatever he wants to do, we know that we fight the good fight, not because we think that we can win, we fight the good fight because we know that we're supposed to. We fight the good fight because if we're intended to win, there's nothing they can do to stop us. We just have to do our part and fight. And if we're not intended to win, there's nothing we can do to win. That's just how this stuff works, folks. You know, I'm not going to get into a theological discussion about, oh, well, you know, free will and and uh, preordained this or whatever. No, I'm not. we're not going down that road. Not right now. All I know is, look, I can I focus on things that are at my pay grade. And my pay grade tells me to fight. Central bank digital currency bad, so we fight it. But like I said, I don't foresee I, I can't find an angle through which we can stop it because we are talking about the majority of wealth in the world is pressing for it. But even worse than that, here's the part that, that really bugs me. This is the second the second takeaway before I get into this article, the second uh, revelation, I guess you could say, is that unfortunately, a majority of Americans are not only going to accept it, they're going to welcome it. They want this. They think, oh my gosh, this is going to make things so much easier. Oh my gosh, you mean you mean people can't just steal my credit card and and you know that they 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 don't have my biometrics. So they can't uh, they can't stop it or how oh my gosh they're going to be able to trace everything so if anybody does try to steal from me and buy with with my money that we'll be able to track them down and and get my money back or whatever oh yes yeah, sign me up sign me up oh you mean oh I don't have to touch that dirty cash because cash physical money is is just loaded with germs and it's probably got tons of COVID on it and something else. I mean, there's a billion reasons, man, maybe not a billion. There's there's a dozen, we'll, we'll say a dozen reasons that people, your average American normie is going to find to be acceptable to them and possibly even beneficial in their minds for why we should embrace central bank digital currencies. If, if I thought that we could get the people to know 
what this is actually going to do to them, then I would say we do have a, a fighting chance. But because I don't have faith in my fellow Americans, not the normies at least, you guys I do. I know that you guys are there. But unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of us. It's not like my show gets 10 million viewers a day. And maybe if we can get get Tucker Carlson and Glenn, well, Glenn Beck's already talking about it, but we, if we can get Tucker Carlson to talk about it more and, and maybe maybe try to get some of those weirdos over at CNN or MSNBC to, to wake up and start talking about it. Of course, they won't because they embrace it. But you get the idea. The point I'm trying to make is this, is that we still do our part, and our part is to try to inform people of the risks, try to inform people of, of not just inform them, try to get them to play out where this takes us. We've seen what happened to the truckers in Canada. We've seen what's happening to the farmers in the Netherlands. We see what's happening all across Africa, if we're paying attention, that is. Unfortunately, most people are not. So if and when they are able to get this rolled out, we need to be as protected as we possibly, possibly can. Period. End of story. That's the, that's the big takeaway. So I do encourage you, and I've said this for a long time, as a late prepper, you know, you should be doing whatever you can to build allies, friends, relationships with the people around you, people that are physically around you, within driving distance, even within walking distance. I'm talking about shop owners, farmers, um, ranchers, everybody. Uh, I was talking about the having a good optometrist or I was optician optometrist. I always get them confused, but you know, somebody that can help you get your eyeglasses or or whatever. Try to localize your personal economy as much as possible. If you can do that, then the effects of of the, the rollout of central bank digital currencies will be lowered. Perhaps you might be able to avoid it altogether. I don't know how it's going to come, come to, to pass. I just know that we got to fight, okay? And I'm, I'm open to ideas, okay? I am totally open to ideas. Go to jdrucker.com slash talks. Send me some your own thoughts. Put them down in the, in the comments. I try to read the comments whenever I can here on the videos, on my sub stacks and all that good stuff. But you get the idea. Just, just I mean, I'm, I'm open, all right? <laughs> You guys tell me. Let's get to this article by uh, by Brandon Smith. Now, uh, to, for full transparency, I haven't read the article yet. You know, his articles generally tend to be pretty long, not like super long, but but they tend to be be pretty long. And this one just hit my desk before the show, so it's like, ah, should I try to read it? Nah, we're gonna trust him. I'm gonna, so I'm going into this one blind, but. I do know, number one, that the topic is one that I embrace. Number two, that Brandon Smith I agree with about 87, 88% of the time. So so we're taking a shot, rolling the dice on this one. Project, the, the title of it is Project Icebreaker, the beginning of a one-world digital currency system, question mark. Is it? I don't know. We'll see. According to the article. There has been extensive discussions in the past couple of years within alternative media circles about the dangers of central bank digital currencies, a currency framework very similar to blockchain-based products like Bitcoin, but directly controlled by central bankers. And this is where we get into the whole public-private partnership that I've been discussing for a long time. This is one of those public-private partnerships that they will they are they have already I shouldn't say are developing they they have already developed okay BlackRock central banks governments all tied together all in lockstep all working together as well as the World Economic Forum the Council for Inclusive Capitalism the United Nations and all the various bad guys the World Health Organization being one of the tips of the various spears that they have pointed at us. Back to the article. It's a threat that some analysts, including myself, have been writing about for more than a decade. So it's good to see, to finally see the issue being addressed more in the mainstream. And I don't know if I'm the mainstream, but I haven't been talking about it for 10 years. Heck, I didn't care about this stuff 10 years ago. I'm new to it too. Back to the article. 
Less commentary, more article. Here we go. The Orwellian nature of CBDCs cannot be overstated. In a cashless society, most people would be dependent on digital products for exchanging goods and labor. And this would, of course, mean the end of all privacy and trade. Everything you buy or sell or work for in your life would be recorded. And this lack of anonymity could be used to stifle your freedoms in the future. And let's be clear, it will be used to stifle your freedoms in the future, all of you. Every single one of you, 100% of you, will have freedom stifled as a result of central bank digital currencies. Hmm. Back to the article. For example, say that you like to eat steak regularly, but the increasingly authoritarian government decides to list red meat as a health risk and a, quote, climate change risk due to carbon emissions from cows. They determine by your purchase history, which they have full access to, that you have contributed more carbon pollution than most people by eating red meat often. They declare that you must pay a retroactive carbon tax on your past purchases of red meat. Not only that, but your insurance company sends you a letter indicating that you are a medical risk and they cut off your health coverage. Now, that scenario that he painted, if you are thinking that that's far-fetched, that that couldn't happen, folks, if you're one of those people, wake up. Not only do I think that could happen, I am almost certain that that's exactly how it will play out. For many of us, uh, having taxes based upon your your food consumption, absolutely. Being told that you have to pay extra or that you you, you can't buy cow meat at all, no, you can't buy beef at all. Yes, that could happen. I'm not kidding. And when I say could, it's it's almost certainly going to happen. You have to wake up to this, folks. Central bank digital currencies, it's not just about tracking, it's about controlling what you're able to spend. And that's one of the, the aspects that I'm sure Brandon Smith is going to talk about, but something that I don't think many people understand, those at least who are embracing this concept. They think, oh, you know, it's just it's just shit. It's it's just like credit cards plus Bitcoin. It's like combining them together. It's but but we have we don't have to worry about the fluctuations. We don't have to worry about the you know, there's be price controls and value controls. It's all going to be fine. It's going to be great. You know, you just have to, to look into a thing and it's going to scan your eyeball or scan your palm print or, or read your DNA from afar or whatever. Oh, yeah, great. You mean I can just do things, make it even easier? Awesome. People are going to love this. Unfortunately, they're going to love it. At least they will until they realize what it actually does. And then it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign up for this. Back to the article, products you consume and services you can use, uh, you use can be traced to create a psychological profile on you, which could then become a factor in determining your social credit score, just as CCP authorities do in China today. Maybe you refuse to purchase an annual mRNA booster shot, and the tracking algorithm makes a note of this. Now you are under suspicion for being anti-vax, and your social credit score plummets, cutting you off from various public venues. Maybe you even are even fired from your job. In the worst-case scenario, though, economic access is the greatest oppressive tool. The CBDC in place... And with CBDCs in place and no physical cash in existence, your savings will never truly be yours and you'll never be able to hold your purchasing power in your hands. The means of exchange would be bottlenecked by the banks and governments would have the option to freeze your ability to transact. If one day you get angry about a particular government policy and openly call the system corrupt on social media, they can simply shut off your option to transfer your digital money to others until you submit or die. CBDCs give establishment officials the leverage to starve their political opponents. 
with algorithmic precision, it would be a new world of technocratic oppression. It's important to understand that central bankers are moving at breakneck speed to develop and introduce digital currencies. It's not a matter of experimentation. They already have these systems ready to implement. The Federal Reserve's instant transfer program, quote, FedNow, and if you don't know what FedNow is, one word, yeah, look it up, folks. This is one, yeah, it's oh, terrifying. July, it's coming. It's set to debut this July, which is not a CBDC, but it is an intermediary step towards instituting CBDCs in the near future. In my investigation of various CBDC programs and how quickly they are progressing, I came across an interesting program called Project Icebreaker. Now, I covered Project Icebreaker about four or five months ago, um, but that's why I wanted to read this because I haven't followed up on it. Thankfully, he has. It's being run by the Bank of International Settlements. And for those who don't know what the BIS is, again, look it up. You know, you think that the International Monetary Fund or the various other central banks are bad. The Bank for International Settlements, they're the, the, the one ring to rule them all. They're the bad of the bad when it comes to banking. Back to the article. For those not aware, the BIS is a globalist institution with a clandestine past known as the Central Bank of Central Banks. There you go. It is the policymaking hub for most of the central banks in the world. If you ever wondered how it was possible for so many national central banks to operate in tandem with each other instead of acting in the interests of the countries they reside in, the BIS is the answer. In other words, organizations like the Federal Reserve are not necessarily loyal to Americans or American officials. They are loyal to the dictates of the BIS. The BIS is at the forefront of the movement toward the adoption of CBDCs. They have been funding a vast array of products to test and refine CBDC technology. And as of this year, they estimate that at least 81 central banks around the world are in the midst of introducing digital uh, currency systems. 81 of them! Stop it! Project Icebreaker in particular grabbed my attention for a number of reasons. The, B the BIS describes the project as a foreign exchange clearinghouse for retail CBDCs. Retail CBDCs are digital currencies used by the regular uh, public and businesses, enabling the currencies to be traded from country to country quickly and efficiently. This is accomplished using the Icebreaker Hub, a BIS-controlled mechanism which facilitates data transfer for an array of transactions while connecting banks to other banks. There's a video here from Project Icebreaker themselves. Let's see, is it a long video? Four minutes. You know what? I'm going to continue on this path talking about this. We're, we'll, play, we'll play that in the next segment. Let's go ahead and, and say that. How much more of the article do we have? Okay, it's not too, not too much. You know, generally speaking, those who watch my show, if you're new to this show, number one, subscribe. Thank you for coming. All that good stuff. And number two, I don't usually read an entire article. I usually take snippets and give my commentary. But when it comes to Brandon Smith, like I said, I agree with him 87, 88% of the time. So I I'm, I got no problem. He's a great writer. Okay, dude's smart, wicked smart. Again, we disagree on a lot of stuff, 12, 13%. <laughs> but that's a lot. But hey, nobody agrees with anybody 100% of the time, at least you shouldn't. Not if you're a, a a thinking individual. Bottom line, before we go to break, I want to just say this about central bank digital currencies. Getting your friends prepared for this is going to be hard because this isn't one of those things where it's very similar. It will be rolled out, in my humble opinion, very similarly to the way that the the quote unquote vaccines were rolled out. Okay, you know that, that was something we were anticipating for a while, but then all of a sudden they were here. Okay, 
they they were it's like oh you know we don't have them yet we don't have them yet we don't have them, have them yet then the 2020 election happened and then all of a sudden within two weeks everybody's like oh yeah no we're ready we hey we got the final piece to the puzzle the vaccine puzzle it just fell into place on like november 12th so we're good to go you know they, they couldn't wait they waited as long as they could they could have rolled these out they could probably roll these out before the the uh covid19 was already rolled out if you're looking at moderna at least a lot of these i don't want to get into that conspiracy theory because number one it's true number two it's not the time for this but point is that the same thing is happening here with central bank digital currencies they can roll out tomorrow they're prepping us they are prepping us this is where fed now comes in and i assume where project icebreaker is going to play in as well and for those who want to know what the end game here is okay it's not to roll out the digital dollar that's not the end game that's another step towards the ultimate end game they're going to get all these central bank digital currencies to be rolled up, the digital yuan, the digital euro, the digital this, the digital that. Okay, and everybody's going to have their own variation of central bank digital currency. But something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And there's going to be a need for them, whether it's through equity or hacking or disaster or whatever. They're going to have a need to then consolidate it all down to one central bank digital currency. One currency to rule them all. With central bank digital currencies rearing their ugly head with the banking crisis in progress, with the push to to cause massive amounts of inflation, with attacks through ESG on your retirement funds, it behooves you, if you have a retirement account of any sort, it behooves you to move part, if not all of it, over to a self-directed IRA backed by physical precious metals. Now, there's a lot of companies out there that offer, you know, whatever, get $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 in free silver if you sign up an account. I can assure you that your business is not so important that they're willing to give you free stuff. In other words, you're paying for it. That's why I work with a Christian company, Genesis. Go to genesispreciousmetals.com. They are faith-driven. They will treat you honestly. They will help you get into a self-directed IRA backed by physical precious metals. And, um, and you'll be happy that you did because your money will... In my humble opinion, not a financial advisor, but in my humble opinion, your money will be safe. Communicating or sending large amounts of data around the world is cheap and easy. But sending money to another country is usually expensive and slow. The way money travels across the globe relies on many intermediaries, increasing the complexity, time and cost of transactions. One of the main difficulties is that most payment systems are designed for domestic payments, not for international payments, and often do not communicate with similar systems in another country. The reasons for this vary, for example due to differences in legislation and technical systems, and different working hours in various countries. The development of central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, and the underlying technologies that can be used could offer a solution. CBDCs used between consumers and merchants are known as retail CBDCs. Retail CBDCs could offer advantages such as faster transactions, more competition in payments, lower risks, and safety in the form of central bank money. Countries around the world are researching and experimenting with retail CBDCs, with many pilots underway. 
The central banks of Israel, Norway and Sweden have joined forces with the BIS Innovation Hub Nordic Center in Project Icebreaker, which aims to explore how retail CBDC systems can be linked together to enable efficient international payments. Project Icebreaker is exploring a specific model linking national retail CBDC systems together. The Icebreaker Hub routes payments and allows national CBDC systems to talk to each other, despite being based on different technologies. In this project, different distributed ledger technologies used by each country for their proof-of-concept CBDC systems were connected to the Icebreaker Hub. Let's see how this works. Say Alice in Stockholm wants to send money to Noah in Tel Aviv to pay for a camera she bought online. When she enters Noah's payment address and the amount into her mobile app, the Icebreaker Hub helps her find the best available exchange rate. This is calculated from the rates foreign exchange providers submit to the Icebreaker Hub. Alice's payment is then broken down into two payments, one in Swedish e-krona to a foreign exchange provider in Sweden, and another in Israeli digital shekels from the foreign exchange provider in Israel to NOAA. These two payments are coordinated using a form of digital escrow known as a hash time-locked contract, HTLC. The payment from Alice to the foreign exchange provider will only be released if the foreign exchange provider has paid NOAA. If no foreign exchange provider can exchange Swedish e-krona for Israeli digital shekels, the icebreaker hub will find a bridge currency, for example, Norwegian krona, that can be exchanged for both Swedish e-krona and Israeli digital shekels, and will use that to bridge the gap. Swedish e-krona are exchanged for Norwegian krona, which is in turn exchanged for Israeli digital shekels. The hub will always choose the payment path that is cheapest for the payer. The benefits of the model demonstrated in the project are it enables cross-border interoperability, allowing systems with different technologies to talk to each other in a standardised way. It reduces settlement and counterparty risk by the use of coordinated payments in central bank money. It allows increased competition and choice for consumers by decoupling payers from specific foreign exchange providers as well as through the use of bridge currencies. It helps reduce costs. It helps achieve increased cross-border reach. It is scalable, easily connecting the systems of many countries. It is fast, transactions take just seconds to complete. And CBDC does not need to leave a national CBDC system. Project Icebreaker has demonstrated that central banks can implement different technologies for their national CBDC systems that meet their needs and enable cross-border payments with minimal requirements. Further areas of work are still necessary, but the lessons so far can guide central banks when designing their national retail CBDC systems. Project Icebreaker – Breaking New Paths for Cross-Border Payments Well, heck, sign me up. My gosh, that was that was a very good sales pitch. They got a lady with the right right voice, the right right tone, the right everything, right accent, and then uh, threw out some some good ideas. Oh, with you, this is just this will make sense for everybody. It'll be so easy for you to 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 buy from Noah or whatever in in Israel. Uh, you know, just just send them your money, and it will convert to a digital shekel, and everybody's happy, and everybody's everything's great. 
Look, the technology, I'm look, it's I get it. I can understand why there's an appeal here, okay? Because we as 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 a nation, we as as capitalism loving people in general, we like the idea of having access. We like the idea of having fewer restrictions. But what we don't understand, what you we do, you and I do, but what most Americans, most people around the world aren't going to understand are the limitations that this is actually going to impose on us. Again, until it's too late. By the time they realize, oh crap, I didn't know that we were signing up for this. I didn't know we were signing up for that. I didn't know this was going to happen or that was going to happen. Well, yeah, you get the idea. It will be at that point too late. So let's get back to the article. I want to, I, want to, I didn't even realize we're already already on the, the last segment today. Uh, so let's get back to the article. I want to finish this up because I do want to, at the very least, talk about ways that we can fight back. Hopefully, Lord willing, we can fight against this stuff. Going to Brandon Smith over at alt-market.us. Investigation, investigating further, I realized that the icebreaker hub is, in theory, functions exactly, almost exactly like the SWIFT payment system used currently by governments and international banks. More than 10,000 financial institutions in 212 different countries use the SWIFT network to transfer funds overseas for their clients. It is an incredible centralization bottleneck that gives its shareholders considerable power. As a point of reference, after the start of the war between Ukraine and Russia, the expulsion of Russia from the SWIFT network was used as a weapon in an attempt to crash the Russian economy. Russia has found ways around using SWIFT because of their trade relations with major economies like China and India, but some damage has still been done to their financial structure. Consider this, however. What if all monetary transactions were centralized through CBDCs and the BIS controlled the hub in which all retail CBDCs are exchanged globally. This is what Icebreaker is. Now, imagine that you operate a business that relies on overseas transactions. Say you need to pay manufacturers in Vietnam or Taiwan to produce your products. With CBDCs in place, you will most likely be completely dependent on a system similar to the Icebreaker hub to move uh, then uh, digital money to Vietnamese banks and into the accounts of your manufacturers. Say officials at the BIS, for whatever reason, decide they don't like you and they initiate Russian-style sanctions denying your access to the hub. Your business is now dead. What if you need to meet certain standards in order to be allowed to use the hub? And the BIS dictates the standards. What if the BIS decides that your company needs to meet woke ESG-related categories before you can get permission for icebreaker transactions? Now the BIS has the ability to manipulate social and cultural trends using your business and millions of other businesses as forced messengers. For the average consumer that does, that does most of their transactions within their home country, this might not sound like a big deal, but... If the business in the for the business world, a SWIFT-like hub for retail CBDCs could be used to dominate all international trade. Running any kind of larger organization or company would mean bowing to the whims of the BIS. <laughs> but it gets worse. Oh wait, there's more. Part of the process of the spoken wheel exchange method used by the icebreaker hub includes the exploitation of a bridge currency to fill gas in exchange rates and liquidity. In the surface, on the surface, this seems like a clever way to speed up transactions by avoiding cross-currency shortages at banks. That said, I want readers to think about the long-term path that this kind of bridging sets in motion. 
in the realm of CBDCs. Let's say there is a global scale economic crisis event which causes many currencies to fluctuate wildly. Let's say, for example, the U.S. dollar loses its world reserve status and petro status and has, and this sends uh, foreign exchange markets into a panic. Price inflation becomes rampant and banking institutions falter under liquidity pressures. Let's say that central bank bankers introduce CBDCs as a solution to the problem and the BIS uh, icebreaker hub as the intermediary for international trade. The populace is so frightened by the economic crash that they then embrace the digital framework. Now, let's say that the BIS claims they can still find a currency they consider stable enough to act as a means to bridge the mo most global transactions. What happens then? <laughs> oh, well, luckily for all of us, the BIS and IMF have been working on their own global CBDC. In the case of the IMF, this one world currency would be based around the special drawing rights basket system they have been using for decades to broker currency transfers between national governments. The BIS then uses this one world currency product as the bridge for icebreaker going forward. Eventually, the BIS and IMF and various central banks will ask the public to the inevitable question. Why are we bothering with these national currency exchanges when we have a perfectly good bridge currency in the form of this one world CBDC? Why don't we just get rid of all these superfluous national CBDCs and have one currency for everyone? Thus, total global financial centralization would be achieved. And once you have a one world currency, a completely centralized and micromanaged global economy, and the most vital trade systems in the world controlled by a tiny handful of faceless unelected bureaucracies, why then have nations at all? Global government would be the next step and final step. I can see the nightmare play out when I look at projects like Icebreaker. They are seemingly innocuous, but they act as the DNA by which economic tyranny is given birth. Brandon Smith has a way with words, but his, his uh, understanding of the situation is pretty spot on. And like I said, I, I didn't read. I apologize for the um, you know, for reiteration there. You know, I would say something. He would say something. We're on the same page. I didn't read it ahead of time, so I didn't know exactly what he was going to post. I wanted to make sure to get the, the, the message out there. This is the pathway to the one world currency, and they will need a one world currency to have a one world government. And if you think that, this is all super far-fetched or this is going to happen decades from now. Folks, it's already in motion. Okay? It's already in motion. So, in my humble opinion, there are two things that we must do. Two groups of things. Not two individual actions, but two, two ways that we have to address this. Number one, we have to try to fight it. We have to try to stop it. We have to try to prevent it from happening, at least in our lifetimes. I think it's eventually going to happen. Okay? Unless there's some some war or something that, that takes us back a few notches technologically as a planet. This is the natural progression. I mean, this is the way that, that things are, technologically speaking, are intended to evolve. We might not like it. I definitely don't. But that doesn't mean that it's not, quote unquote, inevitable. I would just like to prevent it from happening now <laughs> or in the near future or in the distant future. May, uh, hey, let them deal with this 100 years from now, 500 years from now or whenever. Or maybe not at all. Let's just have have the apocalypse and, and uh, be done with it and go to heaven. Ah, I'd be good with that, too. 
But let's assume that that's not the case. That this is going to to be fulfilled. They're going to fulfill their dreams. That we're going to have not only central bank digital currencies, but the eventual single central bank digital currency, a worldwide currency, a one world currency. We assume that's going to happen here in the near future. Then we do need to fight it as best we can. Number two, we have to prepare for it as if it is going to happen. And like I said, that does mean localizing as much as you can. It's not just, you know, making sure that you know your farmers and ranchers. It's making sure you've got everybody. It's forming groups, forming localized groups. Now you might say, oh, but then, you know, there's I, every time I talk about forming any kind of group, especially a localized one, somebody's invariably going to chime in and say, oh, but the FBI is just going to infiltrate it. That's probably true. You got to be smart. You, you have to assume the risks. But here's the thing. You don't want to be alone on an island, you know, your own little island in your own suburb or city, or even if you're out out in the in a rural area, you don't want to be there alone and everybody else is is doing their thing and you're kind of trying to buck the system because chances are you're still going to end up being sucked into the system. If you do that, we need support. We need community. I'm not talking about communism by any means. I'm talking about community support is in being able to help each other out, being able to trade with each other even in part, okay, let's say that there's going to be certain things that you, you're you just going to have to have some of this central bank digital currency that you're using because you got to use it to buy medicine or something. Maybe you can't get a, you know, black market amoxicillin or something like, I don't know, whatever, you know, maybe you, you won't be able to get that locally and you are going to have to participate in part. Minimizing that participation may be the key to, to maintaining as much freedom as possible, maybe preventing you from having to, to not bow down to other other government demands such as you know for meat such as for for um uh medicine such as for whatever you know how much your travel the whole reason they're making everything about wokeness the reason they're making everything about climate change the reason they're making everything about lgbtqia plus supremacy all of this ties back to their attacks on the faith so whether you're a faithful you know christian or or not not doesn't matter they're coming after you if you do hold a free worldview. They want to be able to control us. And this is one of the ways that they do this. It was Henry Kissinger who said, and I'm quoting loosely because I don't have it in front of me, but but he said, uh, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy supply can control entire continents. And who controls the money controls the world. Right now, the globalist league cabal, including the BIS, including BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, the Biden-Harris regime, the deep state, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. I, I could go down the list of all the bad guys that we know, and that will only be a, a tiny, itty-bitty list. The forces arrayed against us, the forces of evil, are tremendous. But that, we've got the ultimate the ultimate hero, the ultimate winner on our side. So, hey, I'm okay with, with, with our chances. We still have to do our part as individuals. So, again, it's fighting, making people aware. It means preparing for if we can't win that particular leg of the fight. Being able to, to, to win on an individual level, that could be the difference. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, stay strong. Stay safe, and God bless.
yes, the powers that be are coming after the food supply. They're coming after it hard. They don't want you to eat meat. They want you to eat lab-grown, quote-unquote, meat. They want you to eat bugs, crickets. They they want you to just not eat, you know, steaks or or chicken or whatever. They want the fake stuff in your body. And they claim it's about, about uh, cow farts and climate change, but in reality, it's just about controlling the food supply. Because as Klaus, not Klaus Schwab, Henry, Henry Kissinger said, sorry, get my globalists confused sometimes. Henry Kissinger once said, who controls the food supply controls the people. I, for one, will not be controlled. That's why we started a new company. Whole Cows. Go to W-H-O-L-E-C-O-W-S dot com. Get long-term storage freeze-dried beef and use promo code JDR when you go to checkout and it's awesome and you'll be ahead of the game and all that good stuff. So wholecows.com. 